Well, here we are. We're at Virtual Church Media, actually, Quantum Kingdom Life on the Facebook page. I'm David. This is my lovely wife, Joanna. There's the Queen's Wave. We're going to do some co-teaching tonight, and we're going to talk about the three types of spiritual, or the three types of hindrances to prayer. Tonight, we're going to talk about spiritual hindrances. Next week, we're going to talk about emotional hindrances, and next after that, we're going to talk about physical hindrances. And my wife has made some really amazing notes. The anointing is on her. I'll share, but I want her to kind of lead out. We'll have piano music tonight. And we want you to get a piece of paper and a pen. Or you can also put it on your iPad or in text message, whatever you have available. And after we get through this teaching, then we're going to go ahead and tear up the paper because we're going to be free or you'll be able to delete it <laughs> how about that i love the 21st century technology moving at the speed of purpose and uh growing at an accelerated rate using technology joanna so she's going to tag people in a second but she's going to go ahead and get started go ahead and lead in yeah so as i was praying so welcome everyone welcome in live say hi Hi. Oh yeah, everybody's live. Say hello, everybody. Hello. You're in a live audience. That's not a button we push. Those are real voices in the 21st century. That's right. <laughs> and we want to welcome all our Facebook livers, Quantum Kingdom Warriors. We're so excited to see you tonight. Thanks for joining us. So one of the things that we've been praying about and we've been working through is hindrances. So how many of us have a hindrance that needs to be broken? Me. And, the last, we'll, and we'll cast lion devils out of the rest of you. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So let's let's take a look at what is the definition of a hindrance. Okay, so it is a state of being interfered with, held back, or slowed down. So I'm going to repeat that again. It's a state of being interfered with held back or slowed down. So I want you guys to ask the Holy Spirit to put to your mind what you need to write down. So what is an area that you've been held back in? What's an area you've been slowed down in? It could be finances, it could be a relationship, it could be unhealthy patterns, uh, maybe there's trouble with your kids, you know, whatever it is. So I want you uh, to write this down on your paper because like David said, at the end of tonight's message, we're going to break it. We're going to rip it, shred it. We're going to shred it. But before we do that, we I want to pray and I'm going to bring in the Holy Spirit into our, our teaching tonight and ask him to speak to you guys. So I'm just going to play really quick. So Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight and we just thank you for giving us revelations of truths. Help us to see what's in our heart. Help us to see what's in our mind and our soul and our spirit. Because we don't want any hindrances, Lord. And so I just pray right now that you highlight to us what is the root of our hindrances today. And that today, these roots are going to be broken. They're going to be covered under the blood of Jesus. And they're going to be forgiven, and we're going to be set free. Yes. 
And Lord, we're thanking you in advance that we're going to have breakthrough, breakthroughs, because we're bringing this before the altar of the Lord, the King of heaven. And you are the chain breaker, Jesus. You are the one that sets us free. And so we praise your name today. We say, come Holy Spirit. We give you permission to work in our heart. We give you permission to help us see what we can't see. And we give you permission to help us hear what the voice of the Lord is speaking to us. And we silence every voice, every thought that's not from you. We set it under the blood of Jesus. We trample it today. We are out of agreement with it. In Jesus' name, but we thank you now, Lord, for speaking mightily to us and revealing your face to us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, David, why don't you uh, share a story about a hindrance that you had that you had to pray through and then you got breakthrough on it? I want to start with a verse that's not in the notes, but I was quickened as I was reading the notes. An excellent job putting things together. There's a hindrance that takes place between husband and wife that actually hinders our prayers. So 1 Peter 3, 7 says that our prayers are answered according to how we treat our spouse. That's powerful. Where one can chase a thousand, two together in agreement, can put 10,000 to flight, Deuteronomy 32, 30. And where two agree as touching anything on earth, it will be done for them by their father, which is in heaven. But if we're at odds or we're at awe or we're at disagreement with our spouse, it can literally hinder our prayer. So here's, I'm just gonna go ahead and read an illustration and then I'm gonna read the verse of scripture. 1 Peter 3, 7 basically says your prayers are answered according to how you treat your spouse. If you dishonor your husband or your wife and fail to treat him or her with the great worth that they have as an heir or partner in this life, your prayers will be hindered. And I would say they'd be diluted down 10 times because if one can put a thousand to flight and two can chase 10,000, that's a 10x or a exponential increase so even if you were getting prayers answered in that state it would reduce you down to one tenth of your true power through a marital relationship so first peter 3 7 says likewise ye husbands dwell with your wives according to the knowledge giving honor unto your wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. My wife and I, we get up in the morning, you know, most days of the week, unless I'm traveling, I'm out of town or vice versa. But we get up and we spend about an hour to an hour and a half in prayer. My wife plays piano and we get into worship. And as we get into worship, we get into the word and then we begin to pray, pray in the spirit, we pray in English. And then God's presence begins to roll in and we begin to pray. And if we have had any sort of disagreement on anything, and you know, marriages are made in heaven. So is thunder and lightning. <laughs> so, so marriages are made in heaven, but they're worked out on earth that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. And the enemy will slip into your marriage relationship when you're tired, you're frustrated, 
one spouse is trying to honor and serve the other one when they're focused at the computer trying to bang something out and instead of them at the computer focused seeing the blessing that's being brought for much need refreshing they may say I, I, I'm trying to stay focused honey you know please don't bother me right now and the spouse could be offended at that instead of saying you know what they're really focused right now let me back off for a second mm. now they're done they're mm. out of that bucket in second life on mm. the computer and now they can give mm. full attention and eat the tuna sandwich or a refreshing smoothie or whatever it is but if we don't get that right during the day and then we try to pray at night our prayers our prayers will definitely be hindered and if we wake up the next morning don't let the sun go down on your wrath so my wife and i try to discuss things before we go to bed so we go to bed and we have peace and it doesn't open the door for the enemy to slip in spiritually in dreams or visions and get a foothold and that's why we love to pray in the morning so we have unity and peace and 10x power where one can put a thousand to flight two can chase ten thousand so i've got one more verse of scripture i want to add to what we're going to get into and we're going to find out that satan can hinder our prayers or block the way first thessalonians 2 18 this is the berean bible translation you can read it in king james new king james niv whatever translation you feel best with mm -hmm. but it basically says the same thing but i want to highlight the word hinder because we're talking about hindrances to prayer tonight we're on spiritual hindrances next week emotional hindrances and then the following week we physical hindrances so we're three week on hindrances therefore first thessalonians 2 18 first thessalonians 2 18 the apostle paul speaking to the church at thessalonica mm -hmm. said therefore we wanted to come to you thessalonians we wanted to come mm -hmm. indeed i paul both once and twice two times he tried to come and satan hindered us the word hindered in the original greek language there is satan literally broke up the road in the realm of the spirit to where you're driving and you can't get past because the road is broken up before you can go no further so people say that well satan has no power he's a detooth lion mm, paul had some issues and if paul was totally sold out to god he was a day and a night in the deep he was in perils with countrymen and false brethren he was shipwrecked three times he was beaten with rods on three occasions they broke the bones in his feet they beat him with a cat and nine tails five times 39 stripes 40 minus one on five occasions hmm I think there's something going on here where there is an enemy with a real influence and real power and sometimes the attack doesn't come because you're in sin sometimes the attack comes because you're in righteousness the enemy will try to keep you from fulfilling the destiny and to get to the destination you're assigned to for this life so how many of us have ever experienced a hindrance hindrance of some sort um, what is the definition of a hindrance Joanna just shared that the state of being interfered with held back or slowed down true story I just got off federal paper meaning I was off federal supervised release I did 20 years in federal prison had some challenges where Satan tried to hinder me <laughs> 
and had a challenge where a prosecutor tried to hinder me, had a challenge where an agent tried to hinder me, had a challenge where my attorneys actually got on the stand in a, in a, in a courtroom hearing and testified against me. You'd think that'd be illegal. Oh. So they tried to hinder me. I had a brother in Christ who helped lead me to the Lord later to get out of prison was the government's key witness against me on a third indictment on the same evidence four years 11 months and 27 days later when i'm totally sold out to the lord i've been on long fasts saw signs and wonders miracles teaching bible studies and my brother in christ who helped lead me to the lord lead me to the cross for salvation was the government's key witness got me indicted out of the past three days before the statute of limitations ran out four years 11 months and 27 days after the conduct and he was the government's key witness that led me to the cross for crucifixion. Now, God allowed that and delivered me out of the mouth of the lion and gave me double for our trouble. And a Bible ministry was birthed at that time. God spoke to me. And that Bible ministry has now reached into prisons 1,500 across the United States. And 10,000 Bibles later, bonded leather, imitation leather, leather bound, full quality Study Bibles are in the hands of prisoners because of that. 15,000 copies of my book, Jet Ride to Hell, Journey to Freedom, is in the prison. It's been read by probably 20 prisoners per book, about 300,000. Six of my books are online on the Adobo tablet through Christian Libraries International, CLI.world. And six of those books reaching 150 prisons, representing 100,000 potential readers. I did a multi-author devotional book and 60,000 copies of that. This happened while I was incarcerated becoming a subject matter expert behind bars, being trained up on your tax dollars hard at work, where I had a free ride scholarship, where what the enemy meant for harm for Joseph, God turned for the saving of many alive. Genesis 50, verse 19 and 20. So if you ever read the story of Joseph, Genesis chapter 37 through 50, you find out that Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He ended up going to Potiphar's house as a slave. He refused to compromise with Potiphar's wife, who was hitting on him pretty hard. And he wouldn't sin against Potiphar, the master of the house, or God. And because he refused to compromise, he was now in prison on a false rape charge that he wasn't good for. And the woman continued to come to book of uh, secondary citation of authority is it not written in the book of Jasher she would come to the prison and tell him she'll withdraw the charges if he come back and still sleep with I mean it's crazy so sometimes Satan hinders the road to you fulfilling your destiny but God uses it when we stay single minded unto the Lord he gives us double for our trouble when we are double minded we get nothing for a double minded man is unstable in all of his ways and should expect to receive nothing from the Lord James 1, 5 through 8. But we want to stay single-minded and get double for our trouble. And we definitely don't want to be single-minded on evil because then we get double punishment. Revelation 18 talks about Babylon. Give them double punishment for their iniquities that have come up before me. That helpful? So we're talking about spiritual hindrances. And so there's just an example of how... I was spiritually hindered where the enemy stirred up people against me. And God meant it for good. The enemy meant it for harm. And the enemy was trying to get me to curse God. But instead, 
I had to say, God, naked I came into the womb from, from my mother's womb, naked I'll leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord forever. God, you are the God that works all things together for good. You're the Romans 8.28 God. You're the one making the cake. I don't like the taste of this flour. I don't like the taste of the shortening. I don't like the taste of the oil. The sugar is too sweet alone. I don't understand it. All of a sudden, boom, there's the birthday cake, and it is delicious. But the individual ingredients that happen on the way can be less than tasty. But when God brings it together at 350 degrees and he whips the icing on the top and a beautiful presentation and he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies and our cup runneth over, at that point we realize Satan tried, but he failed. And you want to pass every test. Years ago I had a vision and in the vision it was a teaching vision. And I had a lot of teaching visions while I was away incarcerated during those 20 years God would teach me from on high and then I would get the revelation and then it would help strengthen me through those difficult times and in the vision of the night or a dream whatever you want to call it it was a night vision or a dream and I saw before me I heard the word spiritual video games are being played upon the earth spiritual video games are being played upon the earth and the scene opened up and it was like a video game and there was a guy just happy-go-lucky walking across the way kind of in an industrial park with benches and you know plants and flowers and buildings and he's walking away and you can see he's got the joy of the Lord on him and there's a woman that is there and she's having difficulty with something so he sees she's in need so he walks over and he helps her and picks the things up and hands it to her and she says oh thank you so much and she gives him a hug and he turns to walk off, very innocent, and here's what happens. Her boyfriend shows up, spiritual video games, and it's the video game. And he comes up and he accuses the man of inappropriate behavior with his girlfriend. And the guy became upset because he'd done a good deed, but he was being falsely accused. No good deed goes unpunished, they say. No good deed goes unrewarded if we play the long game with God because all things work together for good. Let us do good unto all men, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Galatians 6, 7, God will not be mocked. Whatever man sows that he shall also reap. Anyway, so he gets in the flesh from being in the spirit doing a good deed. He basically says to the guy, well, if you'd been here, I wouldn't have had to help her. And the next thing you know, the guy gets punched in the, the vision I'm having, he goes, spiritual video games are being played upon the earth. Scene change. And it's like you get repeats on the video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starts again, the guy's walking along, and he sees a woman in another type of situation, and he walks up and helps her. She goes to hug him. He shakes hands with her. <laughs> Remembering from the last screen how he lost it. <laughs> Guy comes up and accuses him. He says, oh no, it may look like that. I was only helping her because she had a need. And he looked at her for her to respond. And the woman says, no, that's true. And the man calmed down and he looked, he says, thank you so much. And he shook the man's hand and the Christian went walking off. And I heard spiritual video, video games are being played upon the earth and I heard you must score 
a seven, eight, or nine on a scale of one to 10 to advance to the next screen. And I thought in my head, these are the words I thought. I thought, well, what happens if you score a perfect 10? You skip two screens? You know, I come from a little Jewish background. We're always trying to make things happen. You know? That's right. I'm a business man, always making a business moves, always making a business moves, making a business moves all the time. That's right. And so I said, what happens if you get a 10, perfect 10? Do you advance two screens? And the Holy Spirit spoke back these words, like a father. 10 is perfect, and only my son is perfect. Wow. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> seven, eight, or nine will do. <laughs> <laughs> and so from that point forward, I remembered regardless of what I was going through in life and the hindrances that show up to block my prayer or to cause me to have to repeat the test because I failed or got punched in the nose, right? I realized at that point, this is like spiritual video games. We're in the simulator for life and God is trying to teach us. And if we'll realize we're in a test, if we realize we're in a test, we'll be more apt to pass the test, turn the other cheek and let it go and forgive people and bless them and move on will advance to the next screen. You might look around in life and people that you've known for 10, 20 years, you might look at them and say, wow, they're still stuck in the same place they were 20 years ago. And they keep failing the same tests. I mean, sadly, they're not stuck on saint, they're stuck on stupid. You know, just to be candid. And, and, and so then you can look at other people and they advance far beyond you. And you're like, wow, how did they do that? Because they passed the test. The beautiful thing about this, if we try to give our testimony before we pass the test, it doesn't come out as a testimony. It comes out as just a moaning. Yeah. <laughs> so you can tell when somebody's passing the test because when they give the testimony, it's really encouraging. There's no bitterness. They're just, you know, really pleased. But I want Joanna to share because she's got revelation in this area. Okay. Yeah, so I love that David just talked about this part of it because the opposite part of it is where we don't realize well we're we might be walking in a spiritual hindrance and it could be a motivation, like the motives of our heart. Why are we talking to certain people? What's our motive with that person? What are <clears throat> what are we really wanting to get from something, right? So that's a motive. And, and a lot of times it's, you know, about me, myself, and I. And, uh, also known as the unholy trinity. Right, the unholy trinity. And so, um, and so it's easy when we're busy to, we're running here, we're running there, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're praying for this person. Oh, here's another drama. Oh, here's, a, here's another fire I got to put out. So then we are not hearing well. We're not hearing the voice of the Lord. Because there's all this clutter, there's all this clamor, there's all this noise. And so then when we're stuck in that cycle, I call it the hamster wheel, round and round we go, over and over. <laughs> right? Then we can't hear because the metal around us is so loud. And so that's where the enemy can come in. 
really sneaky like and we don't even realize where our thoughts are going where the motive of our heart is that our attitudes are not right and and then there's so there's that part of it and then there's also could be generational sin so that's where we have to have discernment but one of the scriptures that he, he really brought to my mind is uh, if you pull out your Bibles, if you're on your phone or uh, if you got it at home, I want you to go to uh, the Old Testament and write this down if you don't have your Bible. It's Because I, I want you guys to meditate on this this week. Wow, and then we're going to talk about it next week. We're going to recap. So Isaiah 59.2. So if you go ahead and write that down or look it up on your phone, Isaiah 59 and it says but your iniquities have separated you from your God your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear could I just highlight yeah, verse highlight. 1 because in context this is really powerful behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear in other words, God is there to answer. His power is present, and it's made perfect in our weakness. But our prayers have been hindered. Why? Our iniquities have separated or created a wedge between us and God, and our sins have hid his face from us that he won't hear. If we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us, and if he hears us, we know we have the petition we've asked of him. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. But here, our sins and our iniquities have separated us to where we have a wedge between us and God. And that wall needs to be broken down through repentance and the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. Right. So we might be praying about something over and over and have no breakthrough. And because there could be these two things that we've just talked about. Number one, iniquity. And number two, sin. And I'm going to go over the definitions of that in just a minute. But I want to read another scripture to you guys. So I want you guys to write down Psalm 66. That's Psalm 66, chapter, verse 18 through 20. So that's Psalm 66, verse 18 through 20. So this says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy for me. That's a powerful scripture. You want to spell on that, David? So if I regard iniquity in my heart, God won't hear me. Yet he's merciful. He wants us to get the iniquity out. David said in iniquity, you know, I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity to my mother conceive me. So we all have this kind of original sin thing. We've got the old nature that's in us and we need to get the new nature in us, which is the born again experience. So we have the nature of fallen Adam and that's what we inherit when we get born. But when we get born again, we get the nature of Christ in us, the hope of glory. 
Now the question is, which nature do you yield to? Put off the old man and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, which is what we're doing tonight. Mm -hmm. But the word iniquity, did you want to expand on that? So the word iniquity is the word avon. Ding dong, avon calling, right? So iniquity means bent or crooked. The root word of, you know, iniquity is ava. So it means bent or crooked. So if you take a long barrel rifle and it's bent or crooked and you try to hit the bullseye, it's going to miss the mark. Or if you take an arrow and it's bent or crooked, it's going to fly off and it's going to miss the mark. Or if you hit a tennis ball and it doesn't go in the server's box, it's a fault because you missed the mark. So the word sin is the word hamartia in the original New, New Testament Greek language. It means to miss the mark. So iniquity is the real cause of us missing the mark. And here's the beautiful part about it. The better crooked nature in all of us, God wants to straighten out. God had John the Baptist coming, making the crooked paths straight to prepare the way of the Lord. So we all have a crooked, bent, or wicked nature on the inside of us. We may not want to acknowledge it, but if you look through your computer browsing box, it might reveal a different story. Amen or out, hallelujah, your heretic, right? <laughs> so the point of the matter is, what happens is God wants to set us free and make the crooked or the wicked or the wicker furniture, the twisted, bent nature that's on the inside of us that we inherited through fallen Adam. He wants to straighten it out through Jesus Christ, through the born-again experience. Is that helpful at all? So God wants to make the crooked path straight. It's one more illustration. Saul of Tarsus had memorized the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Old Testament, by age seven. He was absolutely brilliant. Yet he was out killing Christians as a Pharisee, thinking he was doing God a service. Think he didn't have a little bent or crooked nature on the inside of him? Yeah. Out killing Christians, thinking he's doing a God, God a service. Well, guess what? He got knocked off his high horse of pride on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. Blinded by the light, Jesus appeared in response to Stephen's prayers. Forgive him. He knows not what he does, right? He gets stoned to death by a bunch of other people who are full of iniquity, thinking they're doing God a service, out killing Christians. There's people today that are out chopping off heads, thinking they're doing God a service by killing Jews and Christians, blowing themselves up with bombs, thinking this is going to somehow get them into heaven. That's pretty twisted, isn't it? Pretty twisted. But to them, it seems right. Because that bent or crooked nature, wrong means right and right means wrong. Anyway, that being said, where was Saul of Tarsus found when he was blinded by the light for three days? Ananias was told by Jesus, Jesus in his resurrected state says, go to Saul of Tarsus. He's on a street called Straight. <laughs> so God wants to get the iniquity out. And then once we have, we become, oh, that person's a straight arrow. What's that mean? It means they're a straight shooter. And so you can actually hit the bullseye easily with a straight arrow. You can actually hit the bullseye easily with a long barrel rifle with the right sights that's sighted in. And the barrel is straight. But man, when you try to shoot with a bent arrow, you have to adjust 
and now you, with your self-help book, learn how to shoot with the bent arrow. But what happens with iniquity is it's bent to the left today and suddenly it turns and it bends to the right without warning. You shoot your friend in the backside. Mm -hmm. So we need to get the bent or crooked nature straightened out and then we'll no longer miss the mark, but we'll start to hit the bullseye. One final word is the word transgression is yet another word. It means rebellion. So rebellion is willful disobedience. Iniquity is something that's on the inside of us that God wants to deal with and make their crooked path straight, getting the iniquity out. And then sin that everybody seems to preach on is the symptom of iniquity. Lucifer was perfect in all of his ways until sin was found in him? No. Till iniquity was found in him. And if iniquity will take an archangel and turn him into a devil and take a third of the angels with him, don't you think this is something we might want to deal with? Yeah. That our prayers be not hindered? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And just to add to the definition of iniquity, just in straight talk, it is it means it indicates a conscious decision to commit iniquity, to do something wicked and proceed without repentance. So what's a Bible, a Bible uh, illustration of that? Let's take a look at David, King David, okay? So he saw Bathsheba when she was on, on the building top taking a bath. He looked at her and he wanted her. Then he And she was another man's husband, or she's another man's wife. So she was married and right. the person she was married to was one of David's 30 mighty fighting men. Mm -hmm. But iniquity was on the inside. And if you don't get up in the morning every day and spend time in prayer to get that iniquity straightened out, it's just like your front yard. If you don't deal with it for the next three weeks, you're going to have weeds in the yard. If you have a prayerlessness or a prayerless life or your prayer on the run, iniquity will start to grow if you're not careful. But if you stay in prayer, it will sing that thing back to sleep or it will change the nature into that of righteousness. You'll become a straight arrow. Mm -hmm. You won't become bent or warped because you've been bathing in the wrong atmosphere. Right, exactly. And uh, another, um, again, and this is like a simple one, but you can see how this can grow. So, for example, God told me that he, I, you know, he wants me to worship and to come and pray every morning or every day to be with him. You know, so I have a choice. I can choose to lay in bed and sleep and be tired, and then I get busy, I get up, and then I'm not praying. And so I have now willfully committed iniquity because I have chosen, made a conscious decision to not obey what I was feeling, what God was telling me to do. James 4.17 says, To him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. So, Joanna didn't have this instruction from the Lord until recently as it relates to this. She's had plenty of instructions from the Lord. But this is a fresh one on a daily worship time. So now that she knows to do this thing, if she does it not, then it's willful disobedience or sin or rooted in iniquity because I'd rather sleep in. Well, if she gets up early and worships, she might have more energy during the day and she might want to go to bed earlier that night plus she'll experience peace rest and when we begin our day with prayer 
will end it in praise. Mm -hmm. But if we forget to spend our time in prayer, we'll be praying throughout the day, prayer on the run, to solve all the little foxes that spoil the vine and all the little chaos moments that show up that weren't prayed out and things prayed into alignment in our time with the Lord. Right. And so th this is what I really want to encourage you to get to press into God this week with these scriptures to really to be like David because David knew what he'd done. He consciously slept with another man's wife, one of his best fighting men, then plotted to have him murdered on top of that. And so an God, innocent man murdered. An innocent man. And so and then when when it finally he realized what he'd done, he cried out, Oh God, you know, show me my wicked heart. Show me to take anything that is not pleasing to you out of my heart. So he cried out to God because in Genesis um, 4 7, so write down Genesis 4 7, that's uh, at the beginning of the Bible in the Old Testament. Genesis 4 7. If, and this is when Cain and Abel, they brought their offering to God. Abel brought the first fruit. Here, God, here's my best. I'm going to present this to you, my best harvest. Cain brought second best. Like, oh, well, I'm going to take the best, and I'm going to I'm going to just bring this part for God. He brought the leftovers. He brought the leftovers. One was by faith. The other one was by, oh, I've got enough. I can give some to God. Let me cut him off a piece. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then God said, I accept yours, Abel. This is great. Cain, I don't accept yours. And he got mad, and his face fell. That's what it says. His face fell. So here's the You ladies want to be younger? Don't want your face to fall? Give God first. Okay, I don't know if that... <laughs> so here's how God responded to Cain. He said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? So if you... He gave him a chance to bring him a first offering. Right? How simple is that? But Cain didn't like that. And then God continues. If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you. And you must rule over it. So something this simple as bringing a first fruit offering instead of a leftover. Instead of the leftover. By faith, not by sight. Sin was crouching, was waiting for him to do this so he could rule. And that's why the Bible says, take every thought captive. But what we have seen in the church, you know, as we've been going to different congregations, we see that there's no life in them. They're, they're lifeless spiritually. And that's because they have strayed away from that presence of God, right? And, and many don't even know what happened. And, they don't and they're in church that. every Sunday. They're good people. But they lost that luster. It's like, uh, you know, if you don't polish up the copper, it doesn't shine like gold anymore. And it kind of loses its shine. And many of the congregations that we've been in when we've been traveling around the different states, it's like the congregation is zombified. And they can't even hear gospel. They can't even enter into worship because of the vicissitudes of life have crept in. It's like the weeds have gathered around their legs and bound them. And so we have to actually spend more time in worship and more time in preaching the word and more time in ministry at the altar. Then they start to get freed by the Lord. 
Whereas a few years ago, we'd walk in, the power of God would just fall instantly. But the last couple of years has been tough. It's been like death by a thousand cuts. Little by little, it's just constantly getting knocked down and down and down. So God wants to set people free from hope deferred and give them a desire fulfilled, which is like a tree of life. In fact, hopedeferredvideo.com, hopedeferredvideo.com. If you go to that, you can download a book on Hope Deferred for free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so if you want breakthrough in your life, if you need breakthrough, if there's these areas, <coughs> these top three areas that you've written down that you haven't had breakthrough, then the number one thing is to now go before God and say, God, where is the iniquity in my heart that is not pleasing to you? Where is sin? Psalm 52, 1. Psalm 52, 1. David cries out to God saying, Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from all my sin. And James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So see, so this is God's promise. He wants to heal us. He wants to give us that second chance. We have to come before the throne room. He wants to remove the wedge. He wants to remove the wedge that separates him. He wants to hear your prayer. He doesn't want to turn his face away from you. Say, I'll talk to the hand. The face ain't listening. <laughs> right? He wants to. So, so 1 Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So that's 1 Peter 3.12. And 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord look throughout the earth going to and fro to find those peoples whose hearts are fully committed or surrendered unto him that he might show himself mighty in their behalf. God is looking for a few good men and women that he can really bestow his blessings upon. He wants you to be one of them. All you have to do is say, here I am, Lord. Send me. Deliver me from my secret fault. Hide me from presumptuous sins. Renew a right spirit within me. Give me a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse me with your blood and reestablish me in your presence. Right. So step number one to breaking, getting breakthrough is ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you any sin or iniquity that is in your heart. Including unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Anger, bitterness, right. jealousy, insecurity, envy. Giving God the leftovers offering versus the first fruit. Fear. Fear, anxiety, be anxious for nothing but in all things in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Make your requests be made known unto God. Mm -hmm. So step number one is ask the Holy Spirit to show you anything that is not pleasing to him within you. Step number two is to come out of agreement with it and turn away from it. Which is repentance. About right. face, 180 degree, opposite direction. Turn from and turn to the Lord. Turn from the thing we've been doing and turn to the Lord. Like some men really struggle with pornography. I mean, unfortunately, I never had that issue. I have a lot of other issues, but I never had that one. And so, to me, it's befuddling how a person could be bound with two-dimensional images. 
But for other people, it's a major stronghold. They have to choose to delete that stuff. Delete it, delete it, delete it, get it out of the browser history. So we turn from it. So there's really four REs of repentance is number one, recognize it's a problem. Number two, repent, turn from it and go the other direction. Number three, renounce it. That is sin. And renouncing it is often telling somebody about it, being accountable, say, hey, I had this issue with pornography. I just deleted it off my whole browser. I'm letting you know. I'm confessing my faults one to another. Pray for me that I might be healed of that iniquity on the inside. And then the last thing is resist. So when it tries to come back or the temptation or the pop-up comes, you're like, delete, delete, delete. We can't keep the birds from flying from over our head, but we can certainly keep them from building a nest in our hair. So the four REs are, number one, recognize. Tonight we're recognizing. We can help you recognize. Only God can help you repent to turn from it. So recognize, repent, then renounce it. That is wrong. Don't justify it. Well, God made me this way. Oh, I've got desires. Oh, it's wrong. Renounce it. I denounce and renounce that thing. And then the last thing is resist. So re recognize, repent, renounce, and then when it tries to come back, you resist. So when it knocks on the door, or it text messages you, or it social media messengers you, or it pops up on your computer, you send the Holy Spirit to the door, what can I do for you? Looking for salvation? Where you off to? Well, <laughs> come on back when you want to get saved. Yeah, I want to add one more area that the Holy Spirit's highlighting, especially uh, for women. You know, as women, we tend to be very self-critical, mm -hmm. and a lot of us struggle with unworthiness or a poor self-image or body shame or um, a lack of identity or we just we hate the way we look whatever it is that is all a form of iniquity and sin why because God says that we are created in his image God says you are royalty Isaiah 62 3 says that you are a royal beauty, a crown in the hand of your God. You are a diadem in the hand of Yahweh. And so that's what the Bible says about you. So if the enemy has gotten you to come into agreement with the lie, I'm too old, I'm ugly, I'm never going to find anybody. I'm too tall, I'm, I'm too, too tall, short, I'm too fat, I'm too thin. I mean, the enemy just has a heyday with right. this. Those are things that need to be brought before God and, and need to be set at the altar and don't pick it up. Because the truth about you is you are beautiful inside and out because God created you that way. God made you special. There's no one like you. In all the earth, in all the universe, in all of heaven, there is no one like you. And so tonight, God wants you to come out of agreement with that lie and to repent of that and to accept the truth. The truth about you is you're created in the image of God. You are like a diamond that sparkles and reflects parts of God that nobody else does. So let your lights shine before men that 
they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. People would much rather be around somebody who's beautiful on the inside oh, yeah. than beautiful on the outside, but maybe the woman, you know, world's only living heart donor, heartless, right? Ice queen. So my point is, God loves you just the way you are, and he wants to shine from within. You may make some changes in the process, but guess what? It won't be because of plastic surgery or tuffet, you know, all the stuff and add this outfit and, you know, nothing wrong with makeup, but my God, sometimes you got to back off on some of that stuff. <laughs> well, who's in there? <laughs> okay, so are you guys ready yes. to shred yes. these hindrances in your life? Okay, well, we're going to take some, I'm going to play a little music. We're going to shred and or we're going to delete or however you did right, it. And maybe you took mental notes. You can just drop it before the Lord. Because we recognize these are issues, RE. Number two, we repent. We turn from it God and turn to me. the Lord. That's right. And number three, we renounce it. This is wrong. And if you feel the need to go share with somebody, go share with them privately what you just renounced. Because if you get it out, there's... You know, there's something about confession is good for the soul. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus works in the light. When we bring our sin from the darkness into the light, the blood of Jesus washes it away. But if we keep it, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He will hide his face. Don't you want the face of God, which means his presence his favor, and if you see his face, his arms are wrapping around you. Mm -hmm. And he'll make all things beautiful in his time, and he'll work all things together for good. Recognize, repent, renounce, and then if it tries to come back, I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. Yeah, that's right. All right, so we're going to pray and uh, do a little music and then we're going to shred these papers baby we're going to shred these entrances thank you lord hallelujah lord we just come before you now as brothers and sisters in jesus and we just thank you for the blood of the lamb that covers our sin and forgives us our sins and our iniquities and heals our diseases. So Lord, we repent and we ask for forgiveness for the following. Go ahead and just name it to him. We ask, we surrender to you and we cover it under the blood of Jesus and we renounce these sins and we reject them and we accept our forgiveness through our Lord Jesus. And now Lord, we break every stronghold that came in and we shred these papers. We break these hindrances. We delete them now under the blood of Jesus. And we declare freedom now. And we are free from these things. And we activate the word of God. And we thank you now that as we have repented, we are being healed. Our land is being healed. And freedom is now breaking. So we break off every dark entity that came as a result of these sins and iniquities. And we cast them into the abyss in the name of Jesus. And we thank you now for the angels of the Lord, according to Psalm 91, to go forth and now work on our behalf. 
to bring forth our breakthrough, our breakthrough. Yes. Just like he brought Daniel, Lord. He prayed for 21 days and the enemy fought him. And then finally, he got the breakthrough. And so we thank you now for the breakthrough tonight yes. in everyone's lives, in their finances, in their relationships, in their, in their work, in their health, Lord God. In every realm right now, in Jesus' name, we praise you. We bless you, Lord. We thank you now that you hear our prayers. And we thank you now for you turning your face to us, Lord. We thank you now, Lord God, for our freedom from torment, freedom from delays. Now every hindrance must go. It has to break now in Jesus' name. He says that he casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. And he puts our sin in a sea of forgetfulness and he puts up a sign that says no fishing. And so if the enemy tries to bring guilt, shame, or condemnation into your life from something that you repented of, just let him know, go fish. Oh, no fishing sign, game warden there, Holy Spirit, sorry, I've been redeemed, I've been free. And you know, one of the most tricky forms of unforgiveness that the enemy tries to use yeah. is when we don't forgive ourselves. So if God is forgiving you this day because you brought it into light with him, you repented of it, you recognized it, repented, renounced it, and you're now resisting. If God, the God of the universe forgave you, who are you not to forgive yourself? Just say, I forgive myself. I and I receive that forgiveness. I receive that forgiveness. Right now. Right now. I'm on strong ground. With the Lord Jesus. And God plus one is a majority. God plus one is a majority. You're the one. He's God. You got the majority. More are they that are with you than they that are with them. Only a third of the angels fell. You got two-thirds plus God. It's your time to shine. And now I declare a new beginning. I declare a garden in the wilderness. I declare victory. I declare you're the head and not the tail. I declare the wind is at your back. I declare the blessings of God overtake you. I declare goodness and mercy. The angels that follow you all the days of your life, the pillow angels come to tackle you with their goodness and to protect you from the evil. We declare the Psalms 91 protection is restored over your life because no longer is there a wedge between you and God that his face is hid from you and his ear cannot hear, but his ear is attentive unto your prayer tonight because you got a can of act right with the Lord. And like Popeye, you ate the spinach. You ate the word of God tonight, and now you're being strengthened, and you now become super human, because when you put your hand forth to do things now in the natural, God adds his hand to it, which is super, and your natural and his super becomes supernatural. The doors that you tried to open in days gone by that were locked and shut are now going to be open for promotion, for restoration of relationship, for favor, new ideas, witty inventions, and things that were blocked and hindered in days gone by are suddenly gonna be turned open like a safe 
it just unlocks because your time is now you watch the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. The days of sorrow are now shifting and the days of joy where you ride on the high places have begun and I declare double for your trouble because you're now single minded on him the sea walker and not the winds and the waves of adversity. God bless you richly. We'll see you next week on hindrances to prayer. Next week we're going to be on emotional hindrances. This week we're on spiritual hindrances. Next week emotional hindrances. And on the final week we're going to be on physical hindrances. And so there's the Queen's Way. Okay. I'm David, my lovely wife, Joanna. And we will see you next week. Visit us on virtualchurchmedia.com. If you want to partner with us, we appreciate your partnership. The gospel is free, but it does take money to wage war on the devil. Will you yeah. partner with us? God bless you. Wow.